As you've probably heard by now, we've teamed up with BetMGM this season. We'll be using BetMGM lines to make all of our picks, and we'll have special offers for our listeners each week. If you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC, and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic, plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager with BetMGM. Here's how it works. Download the BetMGM app and sign up using bonus code THEATHLETIC. Make your first deposit of at least $10, place your first bet on any game, and claim your voucher for a one-year subscription to The Athletic. See BetMGM.com for terms. U.S. promotional offers not available in D.C., Mississippi, New York, Nevada, Ontario, or Puerto Rico. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Available in the U.S. Call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY 467-369 in New York. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP in Arizona. 1-800-327-5050 in Massachusetts. 1-800-BETS-OFF in Iowa. 1-800-270-7117 for confidential help in Michigan. 1-800-981-0023 in Puerto Rico. First bet offer for new customers only in partnership with Kansas Crossing Casino and Hotel. Don't forget, if you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic, plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager. The Athletic. The only way to score is, of course, to play uh, with a handbrake off. Hello, I'm Ian Stone. This is Handbrake Off, the Arsenal podcast brought to you by The Athletic. We'll cover Saturday's win over Leicester. We'll chat about the implications of the excellent news that Bukayo Saka is about to sign a new contract. I'm here with Amy Lawrence and Adrian Clark. Morning. Hello. Hello, hello. Did you hear that round of applause to Bukayo? Was that just really annoying? That just screwed up your No, intro. no, 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 no. I, I think Bukayo <laughs> deserves any amount of applause. I mean, while we rejoice... On this podcast, Imbukaya Saka's imminent signing of his contract, as reported by the Athletics' very own David Ornstein, he hasn't signed yet. (laughs) (laughs) Now, we know how fragile all of it is and how things can change very quickly. We saw what happened with Mudrik in in January. So I'm asking, if all of a sudden someone with a huge amount of ill-gotten gains were to offer him a million pounds a week to sign for someone else, what would you say to him to persuade him to stay? Adrian, what would you say to him? (laughs) I think it's quite a simple answer, really, in terms of I would just sit sit Bakayo down and I'd say, look, you are brilliant. You are going to achieve success anywhere you go in your career. You, you will be a success because you're a fantastic player. But it won't ever feel as good or as special if you achieve it somewhere else compared to achieving it here at Arsenal because this is where you're from. This is your home. This is your family. Winning things with the Arsenal, will feel sweeter than winning things anywhere else. And I can guarantee you that. That's all I'd say. I'm convinced, Amy. I would stay from that, wouldn't oh, you? I mean, lovely. I would. That's nice. Uh, what would you <laughs> well, say, I think, I think Amy? A, and and c- can you keep it to five minutes? <laughs> <laughs> uh, morning, guys. <laughs> lovely to see you. Um I think some video montages would really tug at the at the heartstrings, and I think you could do something with uh, the history of Arsenal number sevens, and you can go back to Geordie Armstrong winning a double in seventy one, Liam Brady, Dave Rocastle, Robert Perez, and Bukayo has picked up that baton of players and people who have a special place in the Arsenal heart. And uh, I don't think there'd be a dry, out, dry eye anywhere um, where he to be 
to be shown that. I, I do believe from people that, uh, uh, you know, are closer to him, that he really is interested in the bigger picture and the past and what people think and how he can improve, which is fairly brilliant considering how good he already is. Mm-hmm. Um, I suppose you could, I said a bit cruel, but also sort of show him a video montage of, I don't know, say, Mudrick looking utterly, utterly desolate <laughs> in uh, Chelsea colours. And I, I didn't good, really yeah. mean that as a Look joke because I, I, I genuinely feel sorry for the guy. Me too. Um, but it, it, it is, you know, it just goes to show the grass is, is very much not always greener. Uh, but he has that rare chance to be a kind of all-time legend. I remember when Ajax got to the Champions League final a few years ago with that young team um, that was so exciting across Europe. And I think that the older generation, one of the things that they did was they got uh, them all together, these young boys that have come through the academy, and they showed them a special video montage of... Ajax youngsters of the past going on to win great things and even introducing them. And there is that sense of look at who you are, but look at who you can be. Yeah. This has happened at Arsenal. I know that I know that they've used video montages with players before, particularly with the Academy players. So it, it isn't something completely unique. So I think I think Amy's on to something. I think it's uh, you know, it's part I of agree. the process. You know, it's um you've got to show them what, what it what it means and where you know what went before. Maybe because he's a young kid, we do some sort of TikTok. Maybe Mikel Arteta and, Arteta and Edu do some sort of TikTok dance to show him. Oh, he'd love that. How much Arsenal <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I, I've got to say, I, my, what I would say to him is pretty much the same as you, Adrian. You know, this is the Arsenal. This is the Arsenal. You're already yeah. home. You're already home. You know that anyway. What could you possibly do with all that extra money? I would also say what you said, that there is nothing nothing that will come close to winning a major trophy with your boyhood club. Uh, and if none of that worked, I will personally organise a whip round in the stadium on a <laughs> weekly basis to make up the difference in cash. All right. And we would pay as well, by the way. Uh, and that's a separate issue. But I think we would. Uh, anyway, hopefully none of that will be needed and he will sign the thing, I think as the kids say, at some point fairly soon. Soccer ball, here's Martinelli, early chance, scores! Gabriel Martinelli's gone down under the challenge, but he's put the ball in the back of the net and Arsenal have taken the lead. Leicester nil, Arsenal won at the weekend. One nil to the Arsenal. I cannot tell you how much I love hearing that scoreline. Uh, Amy, I'm categorically not saying that it's going to happen, but one nil away wins where you don't really give the opposition, uh, opposition a sniff. That's how you win titles, right? I know what you're trying to do, Stoney, but I, I, I just think I'm still staying in my little blocks of games mentality and yeah. I, I would regard boring, the combination boring, of... Boring, Amy. <laughs> <laughs> Come on, Amy, enjoy it a little bit. I quite like that song. You know what I mean, though, Amy? No, I know, no, 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 no. I do know what you... I know exactly what you mean, but I'm just saying that in the context of... What happened before with three really difficult results that were quite demoralising to then go away to Villa and Leicester where a slip up in either was eminently possible and show different elements of your character to get the desired results. You know, it was much more of an emotional character and a response character, a reactive one that was needed at Villa and it was much more of a controlled and secure character at Leicester, which was 
you know, something I think that the that the players themselves and coaching staff will have taken a great deal of joy out of because they don't really want to be living on their nerves every single match. And it never felt that anything other than kind of an accident was going to let Leicester in. So the clean sheet was just a kind of an added bonus. But, you know, go do the job. Fantastic. Next. Yeah. Yeah. And that's and that's how it feels. I mean, Adrian, I've got some stats for you. I know you love a stat. 57 points. Not really a stat. That's just a figure. Um, more than we managed in the whole of 2019-2020. Uh, 31 points from 13 away matches. More than they did in the whole of last season. Leicester had 0.02 XG. Mm. I, mean, I mean, that sort of stuff. To not just not let them score. To not even give them a sniff. No, it was... It was, it was fantastic in that regard I was there lucky enough to go, go to this away game bumped into James had a little chinwag in the press in the press area yeah. afterwards which was lovely and yeah we were talking it was just it was just very very professional Leicester are one of the best attacking sides in the division you know they came into the game having had 19 shots at Old Trafford having smashed four goals against Spurs four goals against Aston Villa albeit with James Madison as part of that front four. And I think obviously his absence made a difference to them, but to limit them to one shot from outside the box that was never going to go in in the entire 90 minutes is, is admirable. It really is. We, we completely dominated the game. They couldn't get a kick and just seeing the team in the flesh away from home, which is a rarity for me in a, in a potentially tough game, just knocking the ball around with such serenity and confidence and so smoothly was just a joy. And I was at the game the previous year at Leicester, which we won 2-0. <laughs> but, but to see the yeah. difference in the team in that 12 months in the same fixture was, was stark. We were so much more confident, so much smoother. And um, yeah, I, we, looked, we looked like peak Man City, going away from home and not letting the other team have a sniff. That's great, isn't it? It's great. It's great. It is great. Uh, two of the players who made a difference uh, at the weekend, uh, Leandro Trossard and Jorginho, were signed in the January uh, transfer window. James wrote a really excellent piece uh, about this uh, on the website, talking about how, how smart we are, Amy, now in the transfer market. We didn't get our two main targets, uh, Moises Caicedo and uh, Mihailo Mudrik. Uh, we pivoted to plan B. And it's possible, and me and you had a chat about this on the phone the other night, that we've actually, they might actually be better for, a, for a, what I am calling, I don't mind if you don't like it or not, a title running, right? They, that sort of experience, that Premier League experience, what James said, is exactly what we need. It's really weird because you're only dealing in hypotheticals and you can never tell if Caicedo and Mudrik had come in instead, let's just say, what kind of impression they would have made in this period of time. But it's so striking that Jorginho and Trossard have both come in and are helping in a very active, very visible way, a very tangible way. And you kind of wonder... Uh, you know, we, we just talked about having to kind of recover, you know, confidence being the easiest thing to, to lose and the hardest thing to gain. And for Arsenal to kind of pull themselves back off the floor 
and dusted themselves down to go again at a hugely important part of the season. Would they have done that without Jorginho and Trossard? It's, we, we don't know, but looking at what they've done, I'm extremely grateful that they're here and that they were the people that ended up here, whichever way the fates worked. We, I, yeah. I think it's fair to say that Caicedo and Mudrik weren't, weren't first choices for a reason, and that was to do with being able to do something now, but really being able to flourish in the longer term. But, yeah. but because we're in this very specific circumstance, <laughs> <laughs> you don't say it. <laughs> I d- can I just say, I'll just dive up very quickly. Um, an old friend of mine, an Italian friend of mine, is a Roma fan, and way back in I think two thousand and one, someone will correct me if that's not the correct uh, season, but round about then, Roma were going for the league title. And they had this very, very superstitious. Uh, if you don't know much about Italian football, you can probably gauge a little bit of their kind of emotional intensity by all the gestures and so on. But they had this thing that you could, you shouldn't say it. And 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 there was a word called truca truca, which I, I I never quite got to the bottom of exactly what it means. But essentially, it's like the thing, the thing that you can't say. <laughs> and people in Rome in uh, only talked about truca truca for months while they were on this run, because it was like the dare not speak of its name, just in case. And um, and they won the league that year, and I'll always remember. So this feels a bit like my truka truka mentality coming yeah, yeah. out, but yeah. yeah. <laughs> good anyway. work. It sounds good. I, I can't get enough of you saying it. It's, it's, yeah, it sounds fantastic. Truka truka. I'm not saying it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I mean, it was a, I mean, I've always been a big fan of the West Wing. The uh, the nineties uh, drama, and whenever they well, they didn't, they wouldn't ever say the word recession. You're not allowed to say the word recession in in government. You call it something else. Um, so we'll call it something else. Trucker trucker sounds absolutely fine. We are in a race for the trucker. indeed. And Jorginho and Trossard to finish your uh, your question are trucker trucker kind of guys. They are. They are. And and as Amy said, Adrian. You know, we went away from, you know, we talked about the way that we buy players and we were buying potential. No one over the age of 23. That's what we were looking at. This goes away from that. But for a, um, a when we're going, when we are... Going for the trucker trucker, yeah. I can't say it, the trucker <laughs> trucker. Um, you know, it, experience is what you need. You know, Jorginho... You know, a year and a half ago, he was winning uh, Champions Leagues and winning, uh, you know, European Championships. Trossard is a seasoned Premier mm. League professional. These guys have been there yeah, and yeah, done it. It makes a difference. Premier League experience makes makes a heck of a difference. That settling in period is, is obviously infinitely shorter. Um, yeah, they're, they're great guys for now, aren't they? In the here and now. I've always thought with recruitment, though, you can't be one-eyed. You've, you've got to have a broader look. And and you should. I don't think you should ever just target young players and and write off certain people just because of their their, their birth certificate. I think that that there are horses for courses, and and for the trucker trucker race, we need we needed a little bit of Premier League guile. And and Thomas Partey is such a hard player to sort of fill in for. And Jorginho is is one of the most controlled distributors in the game. So I think we did really, really well to get him. And and the other thing we needed was someone that could play out front and could cover could cover out wide. And and Trossard's done that, and he's shown us what what a really good fit he is for Arsenal. And again, why do we keep going to Brighton for players? We keep going to Brighton for players because 
tactically, stylistically, then they're not that different to us. So um, yeah, and, and yeah, Jorginho is able to to sort of fit in with the way we play easily. So no, they they were both really good. I think at the weekend, Trossard was excellent in that position. Reminded me very much of Gabriel Jesus in in his positioning, just to the left of centre, which allowed Martinelli to to flick inside. We saw it for the goal. It was a perfect example. If that had been Gabriel Jesus pulling out wide to the left, nutmegging Harry Suter for the run of Martinelli driving in field to score, it just takes you back to the, those summer days, doesn't it? Where, where, where those two were linking up for fun. So, yeah, we've now got an option while Jesus is out to have a Jesus-type striker in, in Trossard, um, who also defends very well from the front, by the way. I think that, that stood out too, so... We've got Eddie, a proper number nine, and we've got we've got Trossard that can that can do the Jesus stuff. And one more thing before we move on from that, Amy, um, Mikel Arteta talked about football intelligence as well, and about the way these two guys, you know, the way Arsenal play is is quite specific, and they can very quickly slip into that into those roles. They're, they're comfortable playing in the Arsenal way. Well, if you think of the majority of, you know, you could say the same, obviously, about Zinchenko and Jesus, you know, players that have come in that do have a certain kind of uh, mature uh, football intelligence. And it's obvious how Arteta values that. Odegaard is someone who has that in spades as well. You, you, you know, it's been more interesting with the youngsters. They're mouldable in a different way learning how to play or maybe just relying on their own excellence and, and that's helped them, say, with William Saliba uh, coming in. But there is suddenly this handful of players who are fairly new to the team this season who do fit a certain psychological profile, let's say. Uh, and it's obvious that football intelligence is, is high on the agenda, particularly if someone's got to come in and make a difference straight away. Quite and 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 I would urge anyone to read James's piece um, on this because it really does talk a lot about how good our signings have been. We spent quite a lot of money, and pretty much all of it has been well spent. Adrian, yeah, just, just on on Trossard that position up front. I was looking at his sort of chalkboard afterwards, and it 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 was basically a left striker. He didn't really move to the other side. He left that to Martin Odegaard and Martin Odegaard's chalkboard almost mirrored it, actually, even though Martin Odegaard is an attacking midfielder that plays on the right and Trossard was normally the, num- the, the main striker. Their chalkboards almost match one another. But that's balanced, it's isn't deliberate. it? Adrian, it's deliberate of- and it's balanced. It's like we had no centre forward, but we had two that came from deep. In, in Odegaard and Trossard and then obviously because they're coming from deep it leaves the space for a Saka and for a Martinelli to, to make those runs in behind it's it's clever and um, yeah I was re- yeah. really really impressed but Jorginho I thought set the tone in the first half I think in the first 20 minutes of that game he was magnificent um, winning the ball breaking it up and then helping it on just just, <laughs> just get it give it get it give it there's that one lovely pass in behind the fullback for Saka as well that was great so yeah Jorginho got us in the mood in my opinion um, at the King Power couple of quick questions Adrian I'll ask you this uh, Saliba and Gabriel uh, had a little altercation at full time just high standards oh, I missed that yeah I, I was too busy jabbering on on co-coms <laughs> I don't know what that what that was about <laughs> yeah. but 
pushing. They were just pushing were each other. There was. Um, do you know any more about it, Amy? I just saw that they'd uh, they had okay. a little fight, and uh, I, I mean, it was yeah. nothing. But these things happen all the time in training and on yeah, the yeah, it's, it's it's quite healthy. I think as long as you're not falling out over it, it's it's good to drive up standards. I thought they both did really well. I think. I mean, yeah. Well, Gabriel Gabriel's looking like a senior. Yeah, I thought Saliba was better as well. I thought Saliba did a few good pieces of cover play and um, it was noticeable that the fans were singing the song again in this game which which is sort of been a little bit quiet lately so yeah no 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 dramas with those two I think they're um, yeah they're, they're, they're in good form well they're not in good Gangle form I think we looked a little bit wobbly but they were in much better form in, in this game I mean Leicester didn't have a sniff yeah. did they so and uh, and I don't can you actually be bothered to talk about dodgy refereeing again? I mean, we've had this conversation on God knows how long. Um, we can see that Ben White, yeah, he probably did hold on to Danny Ward's arm. Okay, you give that, but you have to give the Bukayo Saka run. I mean, that that's a free kick anywhere on the pitch, isn't it, Amy? Yeah, but I mean, it's quite weird to feel that you're becoming sort of almost apathetically accustomed to these decisions. It's almost weekly yeah. that, particularly in the case of Saka, Treatment does not seem reasonable mm. and frustrating no. because the law of averages suggests that sooner or later it's going to cost, you know, if it can be the difference in a game. Um, just hope that uh, if the more that that's the club and people behind the scenes are able to make their points as uh, reasonably as possible, keep banging the drum, keep uh, politely asking for explanations because it yeah. just doesn't seem right that there's the, the regularity with which Saka gets a, a you know a bonkers foul and they're just waved on. There, there were fourteen fouls from Leicester players in the game and no, and no yellows. Um, Martinelli didn't accidentally sort of ran into a player from behind and got a yellow. It, you know when I said on commentary, I said I it's a foul, but it, it, it's not a yellow. And when you put it in the context of all the kicks that Bukayo Saka has had that haven't even been free kicks, let alone yellow cards in, in recent weeks and months, it, it, it drives you nuts. But you've got to, yeah, as, as Amy says, we just got to keep banging that drum politely uh, and just say that, that you know, protect the boy. Um, for me, it, it wasn't a clear penalty on Saka. I've got, no, I've got no issue with that. And it was definitely a foul from Ben White. If, you, if you're holding a goalkeeper's arm, it's different to holding an outfield player's arm because they can use their arms to catch the ball or to punch it away. Shame for Trossard, though, wasn't it? Because it was, it was a, beautiful a beautiful goal. Finish. It was. It really was. I was gutted but, yeah. because it was a, a brilliant moment, yeah. but it, it it was rightly disallowed. One more thing: um, uh, Alexander Sinchenko wore the captain's armband on Saturday. Uh, it's been a year since uh, Russia's invasion of Ukraine. It's a nice touch, I think, really, and I'm glad that he got it. And he's such a leader. Uh, one actually one more by the way Mikel Arteta clapping along with his song to the away fans uh, I think we all enjoyed watching him do that really there's a real connection Adrian were you with the away fans or no were we, were in the the, we were in the, the press box so we were opposite opposite the away fans but I'll tell you one thing that really struck me was at full time when the whistle blew I just looked up and it was like a goal like the whole the whole away end were, was limbs everywhere, jumping up and down, <laughs> going mental. There was no polite applause. It was it was genuine excitement at, at picking up another big three 
on the road, and I, I, I just love it. Yeah, it was it was it was great to see. Right, and the rainbow. Did anyone see the rainbow behind the away fans? Yeah. <laughs> it, uh, James told me about that afterwards. Yeah, I, I, I missed that. Beautiful. But yeah, no, they um, had a good day. I mean, it was not a very exciting second half, but who cares? But who cares? Who cares? Yeah, we. We were the best Amy, you've said this before, haven't you? That that in a in a in a big season, there are plenty of games where you just won't remember them at all. They'll take, they'll get a one 0 win, and you just go right. That was good, and move on. Brentford should have been that. Yeah, I don't mind a few low drama one 0 away victories. It's drama in my house, trying to keep up with the was it? <laughs> bloody technology. <laughs> oh yeah, well we did discuss the fact that uh, of course in this country in the UK. Um, we couldn't watch course, the game yeah. uh, there. I think I think the uh, the game is broadcast to 198 <laughs> countries, and I think 197 of them people in Vanuatu. Uh, if there's anyone, I, I know we have a number of listeners in Vanuatu. Uh, um, they can watch it, but we couldn't. Although, honestly, Amy, uh, I would say this: that whenever I mention this to uh, anyone younger than us, they go, "There's about a billion ways you can watch the game." <laughs> But I think it's ridiculous that Arsenal, because the game on Wednesday is also uh, not on TV and the game next Saturday as well. We have got a game on Wednesday. This is our game in hand. Chance to... Good for um, my show. Good for our revenge. show, The Breakdown Live. <laughs> you can follow it all there. <laughs> you can follow it. That's a nice plug. You can follow it on The Breakdown Live. You can. Or you, um, can, you can wail like a elderly banshee about technology <laughs> in the comfort of your own home. Be like me. Yeah. <laughs> or listen to it on the radio like I did oh. old school and and it's absolutely terrifying if, if any kids out there have ever listened to football on the radio every time there's an attack for the other team it feels like the ball is in your six yard box and it isn't quite often but it's just a crowd noise uh, it's, it's quite stressful uh, listening to it that way um, I think I mean we'd love a 4-0 stroll in the park Adrian wouldn't mm. we on Wednesday but uh, at this point that's not going to happen, as Amy has said many times, second half of the season, different vibe, uh, when you've got the old trick-or-tricker yeah, going yeah. on. Uh, <laughs> oh, they, they get... Do you know what I'm saying? It. I don't even know what it means. But essentially, it means we... Well, we know what it means. I'm not saying it. But, yeah, we're Everton at home. I mean, we should win this game. Yeah, I think it's a different type of game to Goodison. We know the pattern of the game, don't we? we do, you know how it's going to be. We're going to have 70% plus possession and they're going to be have a narrow back four the wingers are going to be like fullbacks so it's going to be a back six there'll be three in midfield sat in front of them and there'll be a token player that almost plays up front and they're going to say to us come and break us down and we've got to that find that was fantastically derisory your description of the game plan there <laughs> contemptuous I'm sure that's that, Adrian. I'm sure that's exactly what it's going to be I'm not I've never been Sean Dyche's biggest <laughs> fan like I, I'm sure he's a lovely guy but He's always been such a moaner in in Arsenal matches. He's always been quite bitter and 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 very moany and sort of agitating um, when he was Burnley manager. And obviously they beat us the other day. So there's a little yeah. I'd just love to. I'd love us to smash Everton more than most teams. I've got to say. But don't you think it's one of those where you know we, Arsenal were so good at this at the beginning of the season, getting that early goal. You know that kind of game plan for Everton becomes redundant quite quickly as soon as you know the longer it goes on, the more. It, it becomes a, a worry. But I think if Arsenal can start super smart, super sharp, mm. then there is the potential to unlock a bit of a thrashing. Because yeah. they're not very good. And we we are quite good. 
No, you're absolutely right. And also, by the way, we have strength on the bench now for the first time in quite some time. I'd love to see Emil Smith-Rowe get a run at some yeah. point fairly soon. Uh, anyway, that's on Wednesday Don't give night. corners Got away because they, they were very, very dangerous on, on, on set pieces. So that is the worry. I'm not too... Fu- I'm not too... <laughs> I'm not edgy at all about Everton in in open play, but but from corners they will be good. Um, and oh. yeah, they found a way to hurt us in that match. They probably could have scored two or three goals from set pieces, so we've got to be better. And we, we've basically got to not give them a sniff, like a la Leicester. Leicester no. didn't have a corner. Leicester barely got in and around our box. That's that's how it's got to be, I think. And Amy's right. Fast start, go one nil up. If we go one nil up early. I think we win the game by a distance. Yeah. Yeah. Well, let's uh, hope so. This is uh, Handbrake Off. The Arsenal podcast brought to you by The Athletic. This episode is brought to you by Michelob Ultra, the official beer sponsor of the NBA. Want to get closer to the game than ever before? Michelob Ultra Courtside is giving fans the chance to win exclusive NBA prizes and experiences like official gear, courtside seats to an NBA game, and more. Head over to MichelobUltra.com slash courtside to learn more. Looking for an assist with your credit card but can't get a hold of anyone? Luckily, with 24-7 U.S.-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yep, you heard it right. You can talk to a real human in customer service anytime. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask me. Make the right call and get the service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. This episode is supported by FX's Welcome to Wrexham. Celebrity owners Rob McElhenney and Ryan Reynolds' small-town Welsh football club has finally been promoted into League Two after 15 seasons in the National League. Dedicated staff and supporters celebrate the team's return to glory while bracing for the newfound challenges that come with being in a higher league. Will Wrexham AFC stand up to the challenge and rise again into League One? FX is welcome to Wrexham. All new Thursdays on FX. Stream on Hulu. We were a bit uh, with the handbrake at time. Hello, Freddie. Hello, Thierry. Amy Lawrence. Adrian Clark and me, Ian Stone, here on Handbrake off uh, the Athletics Arsenal podcast. As mentioned at the start of the show, Bukayo Saka will hopefully very soon, be signing a new long-term contract, as David Ornstein understands. Um, Amy, you wrote about this, um, and there's some great paragraphs and and sentences in this, but I want to read you a couple back to you. Uh, The first one, you said, the agreement of a new contract is of monumental significance. That's what you said. And then you went on to say, Sometimes players come along that embody extra symbolic value at their club. They mean more than what they produce on a football pitch. Saka has become a symbol of Arsenal, a symbol of hope, a symbol of the renaissance that they are experiencing as a club under Mikel Arteta. I mean, it it means everything, doesn't it, if he signs? I I couldn't be more thrilled if he signs. Um, And I did see a couple of... um responses uh, on social media and stuff as if as if it was a given and saying well there hasn't been any rumors of anybody else you know uh, like why wouldn't he sort of thing but get with the with the real world he's one of the best young players out there in world football and i honestly struggle to think of a single club that he would not embellish when you're that good it's a fantasy to imagine that all the richest and most powerful 
and most audaciously ambitious clubs in the world won't be trying to have a conversation. Because of course they will, they'd be mad not to. And for that reason, you know, the earlier that Arsenal can get this rubber stamped, the the, the better that is as a signal. It's been such a, a, a tall order to keep hold of the best talent for, for too long, really, at Arsenal. And I do think back to the golden days, you know, sort of peak Wenger era, where some of the most talented players around would stay at the club for eight, ten years, you know. And it's because, to quote the old Dennis Bergkamp phrase, they found themselves at a place, you know, but where they where they wanted to be, they found their home, and y- y- you can have a player of Saka's immeasurable quality and still find that that unfortunately, if the if a club's not doing as well as you want and isn't capable of matching their own potential, it's really hard. You know, they can stay for a while and up to a point, but for Bukayo, who's already given what three three and a half outstanding years to the club to commit to another handful and he's still so young it, it, it really it, it, it just means more than keeping a good player at the club because he is the embodiment of this this new feeling at the club he crystallizes it and it, it, more than anyone yeah I mean Adrian I came on the breakdown mm. at the stadium uh, before the mm. Brentford game and there was a young black actor who came on Michael mm. Ward and he talked about Bukayo Saka and he talked about how he played, but he also said what he represents for the black population, mm. for people of colour to have such a superstar, so universally loved, not just mm. by Arsenal fans. It's a huge moment and it, and it speaks about what the club represents as well. Yeah, it really it? does. Yeah, and look, we've been synonymous with outstanding young homegrown black players, haven't we? I mean, he just he does remind me so much of, of Rocky. It's, even, even in... The, the build that he's turning into, you know, Rocky was a very stocky, strong winger that that would that could beat a player with a drop of the shoulder and quick feet, or could beat a player with power. And and he scored big goals and he he embodied the spirit of the club as well. He loved Arsenal. And um yeah, it, it's just yeah, it's it, Saka Saka plays in his spirit. It's it's, it's great to see. I, lo- I love it. Also, just very quickly on him staying obviously we can all see the success on the pitch and where we're going and 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 how exciting the next few years will be but it's also re-signing a player like him is also dependent on the 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 vibe around the club and people in the club that's why it's so important to get the right staff you know get the right people in these backroom roles get the right people just surrounding the players on a daily basis basis and and to get good people because all that comes into it as well. I think he's happy. Just just on uh, the lovely Rocky comparison there, Adrian, the other thing where there is a similarity is that Rocky was just one of the nicest people that you could ever wish to meet in your whole life. And people feel that way about Bakayo, that, you know, he, they just love him as a, as, a, as a person, as a human. And that was what Rocky was like. He, he, yeah. If you were in his presence, you just felt blessed because he was a fantastic, warm, funny, genuine, uh, just a, a lovely, lovely man. 
And yeah, it was a it was an honour to have someone like that as your teammate or your friend. And I think people around Bukayo feel that he has similar vibes about him. That's why he's so popular. And that that thing about people wanting to play with him and be in the same team as him. There's a wider significance, of course. Gabby Martinelli signed his contract the other week. We've still got to get William Saliba. He's made a lot of positive noises. A player like Bukayo Saka staying at Arsenal, it's the statement that that makes, not just for the players who are there now who we'd like to sign a contract, for, but for players coming in uh, as well. People would mm. want to... Adrian, people would want to play in a team where Bukayo Saka... I think so, yeah, definitely. He is one of the world's best young players, no doubt about that. And... Um, yeah, look, if Arsenal win the Champions League this this season, you know, if, you know, he would be tearing that up as well. We'll all you know. know. So. We'll all know. But do you think there is an element of the rest of Europe still don't quite know how good he Maybe. is? Maybe. I mean, Premier League's a pretty watch league, isn't it? I think they could, you know, they, they will have seen his contributions. Except <laughs> on Saturday when he couldn't get to see uh, our team. Except about, yeah. about 500 yards away from the Emirates Stadium. <laughs> <laughs> uh, that's true. Yeah. Like, I don't want to play with him. I also think he's got a lovely thing going with Erdegaard, obviously the captain of the team. And I just think that their relationship on the pitch is, is, is developing into something quite special as well. And when you've got a connection with, with the teammate that plays closest to you in the team, um, who's the skipper as well? I think I think that's that that, that bodes very well. So, yeah, it's it's a great it's a great Goodness. statement. And and look, if Arsenal win the league or if we come second in the Premier League this season, I'm telling you now, there will be stacks of top top quality players that want to play for us. They they just will. Don't you think there is anyway? I've always think, thought there is because I think I've always believed that we play the best football in London. It's a great city. Players want to come to London, and um, and and now that we are the best team in the capital as well, it's just it's just yeah. And and, and clearly, every, the world can see that that we've got a young group that's going places. So, I mean, anyone that's thinking of leaving their current employers at the moment must be thinking, oh, I wouldn't mind playing for them. I think it, it looks like the place to be in the way that you know Liverpool when Jurgen Klopp first got going looked like. Oh. I wouldn't mind a bit of that. That just looks like the yes. place to be. And yes. and now Arsenal feels yes. like the place to be. I, I wouldn't have said that was the case a few years no. back uh, or even... <laughs> it hasn't been like this for years, recently. Amy, let's but, be honest. Yeah, it hasn't. But Yeah, but right now, I, I think you're right, Adrian. I think that... And, and even the, the players that Arsenal have been linked with, look, they've been falling over themselves to come. If a deal didn't get over yeah. the line, it wasn't because a player didn't fancy it. A player, in most of these cases, was doing everything they could and making it abundantly clear in public that that's where they wanted to go. And if the deals didn't happen, it was for alternative reasons. But let's not pretend that those players would still want to be involved in this. Yeah. Very happy uh, club at the moment. Very happy fan base as well. Amy, on um, on Wednesday, there's going to be a bonus episode of uh, Handbrake Off. It's um, you, you basically... you. And Adonis, who is uh, producing the show today, you spent some time with the Ashburton Army. Tell us a bit more about what the day was like. Yeah, it was was a really good experience. Obviously, a lot has been um, mentioned about Ashburton Army this season. They are, I I still find it remarkable that it's only 100 tickets. And actually, it's, you know, if you think about it, a little block of five rows deep and 20 rows across. Yeah, that's it. It's 100 tickets. 
They make a lot of noise for 100 people, don't they? And that's, you know, that's part of their mission. And actually, if you want to be in the Ashburton Army, it's a requirement that, you know, you you can't just wake up one day and say, oh, I think think I'd like to join that lot. You know, you kind of have to pass a a test now almost to, you know, your credentials have to... (laughs) Don't How laugh. Is there an interview like, process? Well, it's very loud. It's a very loud there interview. Is a, there is a, a process of such. The first thing you've got to do is go and meet the guys. You've got to go to the Eaglet, which is their pre-match pub, and you've got to get involved talking to people. You can't just rock up and think, "Oh, I'm just going to go and watch the game in their area." They, you know, they essentially have become a group of friends, you know, which is important with a sort of shared cause, and then. Once you get to know everyone, they also have certain expectations that you chip in outside of match day. So they have meetings, they they do charity work, they get banners together, they have ideas for, you know, trying to increase the effect of what they're doing. And they would like people to, if you're in, you're properly in and you help out. If you get a chance to get one of those hundred seats and there's more members currently than that number, so you're not guaranteed you will be observed on match day and if you're not singing if you're not if you're not actually joining in and singing for 90 minutes pretty much without taking a breath you probably won't be asked to come back they feel very strongly that there is a kind of baseline of commitment that is imperative about what they're doing which is showing absolutely unconditional support for the team under any circumstances. It just so happens, obviously, that's a lot easier at the moment. The team are doing well. But I think that their idea is that they would be exactly the same in any conditions, home, away. They eventually want to start doing games with the youngsters, uh, with the women's team, and kind of growing this kind of culture of, you know, a slightly more kind of ultra-style fan noise and, you know, expression of dedication. They, you know, the the pub was great beforehand and then we did the famous march, which they do. Everyone comes out at an appointed time and walks together down to the Emirates. Plenty of songs going on. A few good ones about Tottenham mixed in, you know, get you going. And then up the stairs through the bridge, which is great because you get the acoustics that just go. And then up and into the ground. It's block 25, which is uh, quite close to the Thierry Henry statue. Everyone goes in. And then inside, I mean, the concourses are buzzing these days, but it was like proper um, in that block. And I noticed quite a lot of young people. It was almost like a mosh pit down there and uh, really getting um, getting themselves going for the game. And then, and then out, I mean, they started off at the back of the stand, but have asked to go to the front of the stand this season. So obviously they feel a bit close to the players and a bit more visible. But yeah, they, they, they've got, they would love for it to get bigger and bigger. Eventually, they would like to have pretty much all of Block 25. I think that, you know, that could take a while to do because getting tickets, as everyone knows, is a big thing now at Arsenal. And, you, you know, I don't think the club can suddenly say to people who have been on season ticket waiting lists and so on, actually, you know, unless you want to join the Ashburton Army and you've got to be approved, they've got to kind of figure it out slowly, I imagine. But, uh and then another Quite next step might be safe standing, I guess, as well. Um, but, you know, they I really admire their um, the way that they basically 
figured they came into existence because they thought the atmosphere wasn't all that which most people would have agreed with we in recent right. years yeah. and it was a bit like do you wait around for someone else to do something or should we do it ourselves and it's an organic movement it started on whatsapps it started with people at games just noticing each other and saying should we try and get seats together and fair play to the club for accommodating them because you know without the without the club facilitating them getting that you know they're all members obviously they haven't got a shortcut to a ticket before anybody gets freaked out you know but once you you know it just depends which part of the ground you get your your ticket from um and it's buzzing down there uh yeah and i think it, i think the club uh, the players have said that they they noticed it you know they find it helpful it's interesting that they go to that part of the ground at the end of the uh, games at the emirates nowadays where probably in the past they would have gone more towards the north bank yeah um but they, they well rambo loves it doesn't he rambo loves it when he's when they're behind well him. it I must mean, you be great see. to have them behind you yeah, if you're you know if you're the goalie adrian you i mean when i said when when i came mm. on the breakdown and we were directly mm. above them they do make a fearsome yeah. racket, and it's and and that has been missing from the Emirates. Uh, but but no one talks about about the Emirates lacking no, atmosphere. No, 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 it's one. great. It's it's, and I would credit those guys for um, yeah for sort of recharging it. I think they've played they've played a really key role in it. As has the team, as has Mikel Arteta, as has the football. But yeah, no, it's they're, they're a very very welcome addition. And can you imagine if if that group that one hundred turns to five hundred? Um, exactly. What 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 difference that would make? So yeah, it's it's great. I'm actually quite envious of, of Amy's little undercover mission. I would have, I would have well, quite enjoyed that. I think. Wasn't undercover? I don't think you're undercover. <laughs> I mean, a, a shout out to Adonis, uh, who was my fantastic companion on the day, and I think we we really loved being able to enjoy the experience, kind of with them and be a part of it. Although, obviously, in the interest of professionalism, we were trying to uh, keep our mouths shut maybe a little bit more because we didn't want the audio to sound too much like, well, uh, uh, you know, me <laughs> probably <laughs> singing would have been a bit too much for anyone. But the, the, the lovely thing about it, just a quick extra podcast plug, is there's a, um, a new technology called binaural recording, which is a kind of special way of recording noise it's almost like in surround sound like dolby style immersive and you get that feeling of being actually right in the mix so i think as a piece of of uh podcast or listening experience uh the podcast is is a lot of fun and hopefully gives people that uh, a flavor of what it would be like to be in the thick of it uh having a day with the ashburn army and, thank, and thanks to the guys for uh, accommodating us. Quite. It drops on Wednesday. Uh, you can have a listen uh, on all your preferred, uh, whichever pre- preferred listening app uh, you use. Uh, let's have a song to end. Adrian, I'm going to come to you first. Uh, we had a little, did we not have a text from someone the other day saying that your song your song choices are a little bit... No, uh, no they the said place. that we really like, like Adrian, but his, his taste in music's terrible. I've just had to clarify, it's not my taste in music. It's my, it's, I, I pick my songs based on the on the mood or what, what the story is. Not songs I like, um, but, but do happen. You could do both, though. I mean, oh, just but I also confess there. that it's probably a bit dodgy, my musical taste, but, but uh, you know, that's by the by. Um, I quite like the song I've chosen this week. It takes me back to my youth. 
1996 house track, Don't Stop Moving um, by Living Joy. You'll all know it. Um, don't stop moving, keep it up, keep on moving, get <laughs> it true. right. You gotta get it right. Anyway, um, <laughs> that that's the mood, isn't it? Head of Wednesday, keep on moving, you gotta get it right. Um, you look at the lyrics for that song, they all fit the bill in terms of where we're at and, and keeping that momentum up. So, yeah, there you go. Nice, nice. Uh, I think that was an acceptable track. Adrian, I think there's plenty of people out there going, oh, yeah, we quite like that, Jack. Uh, <laughs> I don't want you to feel pressured into choosing something. And I'm not going to sing it. I'm not, I'm not trying to sing all of them either. <laughs> that got a bit carried away. No, that, well, that would be nice. I, I, uh, I, and if anyone's listening on, what do, you, what do you call it, binaural sound. I apologise. You, you can immerse yourself in Adrian singing a 90s house track. Uh, Amy, what have you got? Um, well, I've gone back to my youth as well, but uh, unfortunately it's a, uh, uh, a long time before Adrian's. We were speaking about the performance at Leicester being kind of, uh, you know, just getting on with business, you know, back to, you know, workmanlike, go and do the job. So I've gone for men at work. That's hilarious. So have I. So Ooh. have I. Well, I wonder if we've gone with the same one. one. So my men at work, the, 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 well, the, the, the album, which uh, I, I remember having uh, in the 80, early 80s, was called Business as Usual, which also feels quite yeah. apt. And the song yeah. I've chosen from there is Catch a Star because of Bakayo Saka. Of course. Yeah, well, I went for Down Under because that's what every other team is from. <laughs> is what I went for. <laughs> but I do feel that they had a certain look of men at work about them. It's what I used to admire about the Italian team when they used to line up for the national anthem. I remember seeing them play against Belgium and Belgium, they all looked like professional footballers with 900 pound haircuts the Italian team looked like men going to work and I had that feeling about us lot at the weekend they were celebrating after the game but not too much it was just ticking another box and I like that about them um I also by the way uh because Bukayo Saka hopefully imminently is going to sign a new contract um I chose good as hell uh by Lizzo um I saw her at Glastonbury and I, let me tell you it was one of the most joyous things I've ever felt watching her and I felt the same surge of joy when I heard that Bukayo Saka uh, was going to sign. I genuinely did. I think it's it's one of the happiest moments hearing that he's going to be staying for quite a few more years. I do my hair talk. So that's what I've gone for. That's it for uh, Handbrake Off. Thank you to Amy. Thank you to Adrian. Thanks to Adonis who stepped in uh, to produce the show. And thank you, listener. Enjoy the game Wednesday night. Uh, early goal. That's what we're looking for. <laughs> Be very nice. Speak to you later in the week. See you soon. Ta-ra. Don't mention the trucker trucker. Looking for the best place to buy tickets for any of your favorite teams or sporting events? We've got the spot. Our partner, StubHub, has been the leading ticket marketplace in the world for over 20 years, providing a 100% guarantee with every order. From a worldwide selection of live events, the widest choice of tickets and industry-leading partnerships, StubHub has what you need to purchase with confidence. StubHub, an official partner of The Athletic.